That's a great song for a series called The Deconstructed Church, isn't it? The church with no walls, it's what we should be. I got to get right into it this morning. I got to tell you, Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 through 15 in my Bible, there's a heading just before this that says, we will serve the Lord. You see, Joshua was coming to the end of his life. He was, he was getting old. He knew it. And so he called all of the elders, all the leaders of the Israelites to him, and he spoke to them a reminder of who God is. He reminded them what God had done for them. He reminded them how he had brought them to a place of provision and peace. He reminded them how God had cared for them all these years and how God only wanted the people to serve and worship him. And he comes to this place in his address, and I encourage you to read it because there's a lot of good stuff in there, a lot of good reminders even for us. But he comes to this place as he's addressing the Israelite nation, and here's what he says to the Israelites. He says, now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which were your father, which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Man. Today I have called you all here to ask you a few questions. First question. Why is Huntsville Christian Church here in this community? You don't have to answer that out loud. Just think on that. Why are we here in this community? Because I'm going to answer it for you, because I know you weren't prepared for a quiz. See, I believe that Huntsville Christian Church, that God placed Huntsville Christian Church in this community to transform it for his glory. Now, what do we have to do to accomplish this? We must intentionally reach into our community with the love of Christ and the transforming power of his gospel. We have to remind one another from time to time, that we will serve the Lord. That's why we're here. In this house, we will serve the Lord. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for the opportunity we have this morning to to lift you up. I thank you for the opportunity we have this morning to give to you our tithes and our offerings. I thank you for the opportunity we had this morning to remember what your son has done for us. And I thank you now for this opportunity to look at your word. I pray that we'll respond accordingly in what we hear from your word today as we look at the vision of Huntsville Christian Church. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So, so how do we do that? How do, how do we live that way? How do, we, how do we be a church that transforms a community How do we live our lives so boldly like Joshua did? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You may not know this, but here at Huntsville Christian Church, not right here at Huntsville Christian Church, but Huntsville Christian Church, some godly men set out to answer that same question over 50 years ago. And the answer is still the same. The answer to that question is what they wrote as the vision for Huntsville Christian Church. And it's win, commit, grow. About five years ago, we added the word go to that statement, that vision statement. And this morning, I want to break them all down for you so you know what's expected of you. You see, it all starts with what we call the Great Commission. Matthew 28, starting with verse 18. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, 
All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Go, go into all the world, preaching, teaching, baptizing in my name. As, as we look into the, the first word in our vision, it's one that can bring about some confusion if we're not too careful, because this word has a lot of power. We start our vision off with a very strong one word statement. I put an exclamation point behind it. When? That's what we start our, our vision off with. When? Now, the funny thing about when is this. It usually comes at the end. When usually comes at the end. It very rarely comes at the beginning. Like we always say, go team, go fight when. We never say when, go fight. It, it just doesn't flow right. We don't do that. Or you hear at NASCAR at the end of the race. And he takes the checkered flag for the, for the win. Got a couple NASCAR fans. Good. Or you just, this is, this is one, you always hear this one during March Madness. You just saw history in the making. They won the whole thing. A Cinderella story. Nobody ever wins at the beginning. Games would be a lot shorter. Monday Night Football would not last quite as long. But you never hear of a win at the beginning because we all know that in order to win, you have to apply yourself. You have to put effort. You have to try hard. You have to play hard. You train hard. And sometimes you have to perform like a team to win. And the other question where win can be kind of tricky is, is what are we winning here at Huntsville Christian Church? And, and why do we think win should be at the beginning of our core values? It's rather presumptuous, isn't it, to think that we do the winning? Doesn't the Bible say the Spirit of God wins a man? It does, in case you're wondering. You can look that up. But today I want to define the win for us. And it starts, I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. As you turn there, I want to start off the new year preaching about our vision and about our mission because I want to give you the tools and the information needed for all of us to go out and win people for Jesus Christ. You see, win is kind of like a, a parfait. It's, it's a layered process. It requires action on our part. Um, as Christians, as well as God, it requires action on both parts. You see, in the, as God is moving in the lives of people that we introduce him to, Something to remember is that we are winning people to Jesus. We're not winning people to us. And i got to pause for a second. Don't turn there because I'm not going there. I was just throwing that out as a reference. I apologize. I heard the pages turn. Thank you for playing along. But I, as I heard the pages turn, I was like, wait a second, I'm not actually reading that. That's, that's a reference point. Check out 1 Corinthians 3. It's good. It'll help you understand where I'm coming from. But there's a lot to it. And they only give me an hour. So <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> But thank you. Something to remember is that we are winning people to Jesus. We're not winning people to us. Okay? We miss that sometimes. We're not winning people to us. And the first layer is to introduce them to him. Share with the people that you meet who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. That's the responsibility of every Christian. It was the last thing Jesus said before he went up to heaven. It should be something we do continually throughout our life here on earth. Let me be clear. We're not winning people to this building. That's why I love that song, Church with No Walls. We're not winning people to this property, to this building. We're not winning people to follow me. Don't, don't do the, come, you got to come hear my preacher. He's great. I appreciate it. But we're not winning people to me. 
We're not winning people so that they come here and serve us. We're winning people by introducing them to Jesus Christ, coming alongside of them and making sure that they understand his love, his mercy, and his forgiveness and how it can apply to their life. We are winning people by sharing the good news of Jesus' life, death, and burial, and resurrection. And we have to make sure they understand how all of those things had to happen in just the way they did so that we could spend eternity with Christ. See, as we continue, as we go from when to commit the next word in our vision, we want everyone that we introduce Jesus Christ to, we want them to be committed to him. Once again, I have to say, I don't want people committed to me. Don't, don't commit to me. I don't want you committed to this building. I don't want you committed to the things that are in this building. Let me tell you something that I know to be true about buildings and about people. And you, you may know this, but if you don't, I'm going to share this secret of life with you. People die and buildings crumble. It's true. People die and buildings crumble. So I don't want you committed to this building. I don't want you committed to this property. Yes, we need to take good care of what God has given us. We need to be good stewards. Yes, we do. But don't be committed to the chair you're sitting in. Don't be committed to what you see on this stage. Don't be committed to what's in this, in this room. Be committed to Jesus Christ. You see, as we look at that, knowing that people die and buildings crumble, you see what Jesus is preparing us for is eternal. There's no end to that. That's what we should be committed to. And it's my job, according to Scripture, uh, to equip you. You can look this one up for real. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says this. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son and of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now that's something worth committing to. A maturity in your knowledge of God to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. That's something to commit to. When we say when, commit, we're not committing people to Huntsville Christian Church, to the building. I want to commit people to Jesus Christ so that we know they have reached that measure of maturity. My job is to get you all committed, you could say. Wait, that <laughs> sounded different when I said it out loud. <laughs> Maybe not get you committed, but you understand. You have to be willing to grow in order to achieve that maturity that I just shared with you. So as we come through this vision of win, commit, grow, there's some things I've learned about being a Christian. The Christian walk is actually, in my opinion, more like riding a bicycle. We're either moving forward or you're falling off. That happens with a bicycle. If you stop, your pedals are, feet are still on the pedals, you just, you fall over. That's, that's what our mission statement is all about. It's about moving forward. You see, if we as individuals can wrap our hearts and our minds around win, commit, grow, and go, we will be continually moving forward, and that's a good thing because we definitely don't want to fall off. Okay, I talked about that last week a little bit. We don't want to fall off. There are two things to focus on when it comes to grow. When you're helping to grow someone in Christ, there's two things to focus on. Our job and God's job. 
First off, our job is, in order to know what our job is, we have to know the job description, and I already shared that with you. The basic job description comes from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that Jesus has commanded. That's our job. In order to do our job well, we need to disciple. We need to allow ourselves to be discipled, and we need to disciple others. Teach others. That's the grow part. And let me just tell you, that will be a major focal point of 2017 here at Huntsville Christian Church, as you will hear more about disciple throughout the year. But what does growing through discipleship and teaching God's Word look like? I've said this many times over the past couple of years. The very basic start of growth for us should be that we are spending a concentrated time doing each one of these things. Prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, and service every week. And as we mature, as we grow, that time should also grow. I was asked, how'd you come up with that? Why can't I just continue on with five minutes of of prayer and five minutes of Bible study every day and and a few minutes of service? And I said, you know, I came up with that. I call it a spiritual theory that I came up with. It's based on a worldly principle or worldly practice. While I was in youth ministry in my early days, I worked many odd jobs. One of them was human resources for a small company, and it was my job every year to decide who... uh, who would get what raises and how the raises would work out. The parameters I had is that a raise would range between 2 and 10% of what the person was getting paid. No one ever received less than 2%. Just showing up to work on time, you got a 2% raise. Like, that was it. Now, on the flip side of that, nobody, very rarely did somebody get 10% because that was the, to get 10%, you were the continual early bird, the overachiever. You were the, this is done, what can I do next type of guy. My point is this, if a time of prayer and Bible study and worship and fellowship and service every week is the basic starting point, just whatever it is you start at, then based on a worldly practice of financial growth, giving someone between 2 and 10% for showing up and, and doing their job, shouldn't the time that we as Christians set aside each week grow as well? Shouldn't it increase a little bit each year? How we serve, how we study how we pray, how we spend time with God, who we're mentoring. I mean, even if you had a hard year where you were just stuck in a rut of going through the motions, it happens. It happens. We get, we get caught up and we just kind of go through the motions and we show up at church. And we, even if your whole year is like that, doesn't God at least deserve a 2% raise from you every year in what you're giving him? So if last year was one of those years where you were like kind of, it was just mediocrity and it was all you could do to get here, 2%. This year, 2%. There's always a way to add more to what you're doing. God deserves at least a 2% raise every year in the time we set aside to spend with him. The truth is he deserves way more than 2%, but that's what we usually give him if he's lucky. And then we look around and we say things like, why are our churches so small? Here's a grow question for you. You may not be aware of this. How come there are less than 10 independent Christian churches in the whole state of Alabama? I bet it's because their preachers are lazy and they just get their sermons off the internet and they're busy playing golf or something. No, it's probably because the elders don't shepherd the flock the way they should is really what it is. They just don't, they don't call like they used to. They don't invite you over for dinner. That's what it is. It could be because the the deacons are too busy hanging out with each other and not serving others like they should be doing. Nope, it's probably because we stopped having fellowship meals every Sunday or every week. No, I don't think that's either. 
You know what I think it is? We forgot to grow. I shared some statistics with you all last week about the church. And when you look at the religious trend, the, the religions that trend growth every year, you know what makes them grow? The believers, the followers of these other religions. They're, what are, they're what's making it grow. They not only believe what they're hearing, but they practice it. They study it so they can defend their belief. They can tell everybody about it. That's why in America, other religions are experiencing growth. We've forgotten who we are. You know, in the nine years that I've lived in Alabama, that Mitzi and Dylan and I have lived in Alabama, at least three to five times a year, I'm approached either in my neighborhood, at my house, or at Walmart, or somewhere in the community, um, and someone comes up and says to me, would you like to learn more about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? And you know how many times someone has come up to me as I've come out of Walmart and said, hey, brother, let me help you carry that basket. I see you're wobbly with a cane, and let me help you load up your car. Hey, do you know my friend Jesus? Do you know how many times that's happened to me in nine years? None. Never. Christians, we've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten how to grow. This goes beneath the surface. This is, this is that heart issue I was talking about last week. If we are truly growing in the Lord, it will change your personal identity permanently, not just one day a week. People will know who you are. In order to grow, we must know who we are. Anybody remember the Lion King? All right. Little Simba, Mufasa, his dad Mufasa dies. Uncle Scar kills him. Oh, bad, bad. And there's this place where Simba is, is all sad, and rightfully so. And, and he's trying to figure things out. And he sees a vision of his dad. And Mufasa says to Simba, remember who you are. And he is referring, he's reminding Simba that he is the rightful leader of Pride Rock. And that he has work to do. And that doing anything less than the work, than that work specifically means he's forgotten who he is. I want to say the same thing to you guys today. As we talk about our vision, win, commit, grow, remember who you are. Remember what you are here to do. You are a child of the King. We are heirs to Jesus because of what He has done for us, but we don't always live like we're related to a King, do we? We don't always live like victors. We sang that song, Victor, I love it. But we don't live like that. We live like outcasts sometimes. It seems like to me we live in bondage to our world rather than in freedom of Christ. We can't grow if that's how we live. We can't grow in bondage to the world. John 8, 31, 32 says, If you continue to obey my teaching, you are truly my followers. Then you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. If you, run, if you want to grow with God, we have to know his teachings. We have to know what his word says. And if you're not reading it and studying it and meditating on it and applying the word of God in your life, you will never truly grow. I told you were two things about grow. What you have to do and what God has to do. God tells us that his word will not return null and void. And that if we do what he's called us to do, that he'll, he'll answer those things. That he will respond that he will show up in a mighty way and we will see freedom. But we'll never understand the freedom that's offered to us. And we need to understand also Christian life is not one of perfection. As we grow, 
We need to allow each other to stumble and fall a little bit. We need to allow things like grace and mercy as we grow. Christian life is not about perfection. It's a life of being steadfast. It's a life of continuing to get up. It's a life of knowing that our foundation is in Jesus Christ, not in this world. But we have to be willing to grow. We have to be willing to be a light and a reflection for him in order to be well prepared to go. That's our next one. You see, if we refuse to grow, if we, if we continue to stay in that mediocrity that I talked about, we will not be prepared to go. Back in 2015, we went through a series called The Story. The whole main goal of the story was that everyone would be familiar enough with God's Word and grow enough in God's Word so that we would be better prepared to go. Well, go where? Everywhere. Go next door. Go across the street. Go to your doctor's office. Go on a mission trip. Go to school. Go to work. It doesn't matter where you go. What matters is what you're sharing with people when you get there. Listen, we love to tell stories. Let's tell the good stories. We are a city on a hill. We should be that shining light in our community. For me, the best reminder of all these things that I've shared with you today comes once more from Joshua 24, 14 through 15. Joshua says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, And it's with that declaration that I give you the vision of Huntsville Christian Church. As for this house, we will serve the Lord in every capacity. Win, commit, grow and go. Because we will serve the Lord, we are willing to deconstruct some things in order that we can stay true to the vision that I just shared with you. How about you? Are you willing to deconstruct some things? I asked you this last week too. Are you willing to take apart? Are you willing to deconstruct some of the things that are keeping you from doing just that? From win, commit, grow, and go. Are you willing to come to a place in your life where you're willing to do whatever it takes to honor God? Are you ready to boldly say as Joshua did, whether you're single, whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you've got a family or not, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe you need to say that for the first time as you submit yourself to Jesus Christ through baptism for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The baptistry is ready. Maybe you want to make that declaration with your family today and have the elders pray with your family because you begin to do things differently. As we come to our response time this morning, will you stand and sing with us and consider how you can respond to God's word that tells you to win, commit, grow, and go. It's been great to be here with all of you, to share, um, to worship with you, to pray with you. I'd like to say if you're looking for other opportunities, I talked about to to increase your study by 2%. Um... Please come back this evening. We have men's and women's Bible study. We've got something for kids from kindergarten through high school. So if you're looking to up it just a little bit, you want to jump that 2%, come on back at 5 o'clock. But right now it's time to go.
As you go this morning, consider taking the vision of Huntsville Christian Church with you everywhere you go. Win, commit, grow, and go. I pray that you may be more encouraged than ever to do just that. Will you sing this last song with us?